Alabama's got an off week, but we're not going to take an off week. We're going to talk about recruiting, and we're going to talk about predictions for the rest of the year, and we're going to go ahead and predict games that don't even involve Alabama. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, we have an off week. So I think when we have an off week, the thing we should talk about the most is probably recruiting. And there's been some recruiting news as a key Alabama target has decommitted from Nebraska. And I'm going to let you tell tell everybody about him. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm super excited about this guy, Kawan Lacey, a real interesting kid from Lancaster, Texas, another Texas running back. You know, not a bad place to find backs, right? Jace McClellan, Jay Miller. Kawan Lacey is, uh, I think, almost similar to those guys in terms of what kind of player he is, uh, what kind of size, speed, uh, just a similar player. Now, I realize Jam's a little bigger, a little more physical than Jace. Jace may be a little more explosive, good pass catcher. I see Kawan Lacey, Luke, as sort of a combination of all of both of them. He's, there's a little bit of Jam in him and, and a lot of Jace in him, too. Uh, Kawan also has an outstanding track time. He, he runs like a 10, 7, 900 meters, which is not exceptionally fast for a 100 meter sprinter, but it is exceptionally fast for a running back. I mean, you don't see many running backs that break that 11 second mark, uh, but this guy's a, a natural back. Again, very fast. Interesting recruiting story. Committed to Nebraska, which I consider really good news. Uh, I know Nebraska is not the elite program that, let's say, Ohio State or USC is in terms of of national recruiting, but I'm a big fan of Matt Rule. And one of the things that made me a big fan of Matt Rule is his talent evaluations. He has a really similar uh, philosophy to Nick Saban in in terms of how he evaluates players, just very similar to Nick. It's it's extremely measurables-based, which is Nick Saban. but Kawan was was committed to Nebraska. But what's happened is Kawan has had a great senior season, and he's sort of blown up. It's not just Alabama's interest. It's a lot of big schools interested in Kawan Lacey, leading to him to decommit. I think he's going to visit Ole Miss this weekend uh, for their game against Vanderbilt, and he is very interested in Ole Miss and the Rebels. And, of course, you know, Quinshawn Judkins, I'm sure, is a uh, – you know, has such a national profile that a lot of running backs across the country are interested in Ole Miss and following, you know, Judkins' path to uh, to national stardom. Uh, so Kawan is seriously considering Alabama. I believe he has even lined up an official visit to Alabama, which is, I mean, we know that's monster news, right? Everybody that listens to this show knows recruiting really well. And when a kid decommits and then nearly immediately sets up an official visit, I think you can sort of do some simple two plus two math, right? Well, in Kawan Lacey's case, I, I would, based on what I know right now, I would consider Alabama a strong player, but this isn't a he decommitted from Nebraska to sign with Alabama. It's it, it two plus two is not five here, but I, I don't know that it's two plus two is four. Alabama's going to have to do some work and convince this kid that they're the right spot for him. But I, I'm a big Lacey fan. And by the way, this does not mean 
Alabama no longer likes Daniel Hill. It's completely the opposite. Uh, that's where I was going to go. Okay, yeah. Alabama's still recruiting Daniel Hill. They love Hill a lot. The thing is, though, if you think about it, Luke, we have five running backs, right? But you're losing two. You're losing Jace and Roydell. So it, it wouldn't be stunning for Alabama to add two. And, boy, uh, what a great duo Lacey and Daniel Hill would be because Lacey is your speed, home run hitter, pass catcher. He's your Jace. Daniel Hill's more like B-Rob, you know, move the chains, first downs, tough guy, inside runner. Lacey's a guy you pitch the ball to, and he beats everybody to the edge and runs 60 yards. I mean, uh, so they'd be a great duo. Uh, doesn't mean any – and, uh, by the way, Alabama sort of solidified its spot with Daniel Hill recently. So things kind of look better with Hill than they have in a while. But at the same time, you look at Kawan Lacey and you're like, uh, you know, hey, I, we, we got to have this guy. Yeah, he looks really good. By the way, two plus two is never five unless you're doing common core, uh, is, is my understanding. Um, so, Jimmy, what about William Eccles? This is a guy that's committed to Ole Miss, speaking of Ole Miss, like he did just a minute ago, a defensive lineman out of Mississippi, four-star guy. Uh, Alabama's pushing really hard. Yeah, they like Eccles a ton. He is a take. Uh, we've made that clear at BOL. Andrew Bone does uh, outstanding reporting on the Eccles situation. Uh, he says, you know, Eccles is a take, meaning that, uh, hey, this is somebody that, that Alabama's recruiting uh, because they want him. Um, he's a 300-pound defensive tackle, exactly what this class is lacking. That's one of the reasons I like Eccles a lot. Not that I think the defensive line group is lacking. It's just that there's two defensive linemen committed. Uh, uh, Fonga, he's sort of undersized. He's kind of an undersized interior pass rusher. Beeman is an athletic <laughs> defensive lineman pass rusher, but he's only showing up about 260 pounds. We have to add significant size and weight to Beeman. But uh, Eccles, he's sort of showing up ready to play, right? He's showing up at about a similar size as a lot of guys like Tim Smith. I think Tim Smith is a decent comp for him. Bones' comp was really good, by the way. Bones Bone says he's Phil Mathis, which I, I think is a great comp and based on the kid's tape. The thing with Eccles is this, currently ranked the number 12 prospect in Mississippi, which makes you a thing, but he's, he's I guess you would say, a low four-star. But uh, – 12th ranked player in Mississippi, committed to Ole Miss, likes Ole Miss. Ole Miss is fighting to keep him. This is not a Ole Miss is dropping him, so he's got to find somewhere else. No, this is strongly committed to Ole Miss. Ole Miss loves him. Alabama saw senior tape, and they're like, okay, we had this kid in camp. He was like, one we're going to watch. You know, See, that's what happens. Sometimes in camp, it's not a we must have him. Sometimes it's in camp, it's like almost – he is so close. William, what we're going to do is we're going to watch your senior season. And if we like what we see, then you're a take. And that's what happened. Uh, Alabama continued to monitor, and they feel like he's developed uh, to the point of, okay, you're a take for us. Eccles really likes Alabama. So, you know, if I predict he's going to Alabama, that's literally all it is is a prediction. I'm going to predict Alabama here, but I'm not doing it with the sense that I'm going to run to the RPM at on three and, and, and submit an RPM. I'm not, not quite ready to go that far, but I do think Alabama's in good standing with Eccles. And again, he, he, he would, he's, he's someone that we don't have in this class, a 300 pound defensive tackle. Uh, so he's a need, not super highly ranked, but if I told you without telling you anything else, 
hey, well, what do you guys think about taking the uh, number 12 prospect in Mississippi? Most of you go, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, I think most of the 12th ranked in Mississippi. Frankly, Mississippi, I mean, if it was 12th ranked in Alabama, it's a little different. Alabama seems to be have been deeper the last couple of years, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say, uh, and I've studied this a lot. So uh, I would say 12th in Mississippi equals 22 in Alabama, 20, 22. And that's somebody that like most years, 20 or 22 is a take for Alabama, even under Nick Saban, most years, some years, no. Some years, so loaded like next year in 2025, heck, the 20th player in Alabama next year might be the dang hundred and. 35th player in the country. I mean, it's yeah. a nuts year for Alabama next year. But I'm just saying he, he's not a like a slam dunk, you know, when you're ranked like that. You're a, well, let's take a look. And they did. They, they had him in camp, and then they monitor him his senior season. So uh, I, I'm really good with with taking Eccles. Uh, I, I'd be excited about that. And plus, if you look at a DL class of Eccles, we got a 300-pound run stuffer, Beeman, who – a high-end athlete with NFL upside if he adds the weight. And then Fonga, who is blue-collar, 100% effort. Saw some senior film tape of, uh, of Fonga last night. He's relentless, and which is one of my favorite words for a defensive lineman. Relentless. Uh, hey, I can't promise you that Fonga is going to work out at Alabama in terms of he'll be a great player. But what I can promise you is this. Max effort all day long. That's what you're getting out of him. And I know Luke liked uh, Curtis Perry a lot when we signed Curtis Perry. I think, I think he's really similar to Curtis Perry, but a little bit bigger, which is yeah. better, right? God, I want Curtis Perry to work out. I mean, I, I, I'm like Christian Story with Curtis Perry. I just want both right. of them to work out so well. It just hadn't come to fruition yet. But I think it's uh, just always going to be year three or year four you know, with Curtis Perry because of the size thing, right? That's right. Jimmy, when we come back, we're going to sort of – we're not going to necessarily give uh, very detailed predictions for the rest of the year, but maybe we're going to throw out some predictions for the rest of the year and see where this team ends up. And we're also later on going to talk about – just take a look around the college football world for this week, maybe throw out some predictions for this week's game. But right now I want to tell everybody about Athletic Brewing. Athleticbrewing.com is where you want to go. You want to go there and enter code a lock on to get 15% off your online order or find a store near you, Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, they absolutely delicious near beer. No hangover. Don't ever worry about a hangover again with Athletic Brewing. And the taste is awesome. And they always are doing special brews and um, all these special flavors. You want to go check them out. And that's athleticbrewing.com. You will love these guys so much. Go check them out, athleticbrewing.com. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off that first order. They've sent me some samples. I love them. I'm telling you, they taste delicious, uh, so fun just to relax and and uh, have have an athletic brewing. I just watch, I drink it while I'm watching the game. It's, it's absolutely delicious, athleticbrewing.com. Also want to tell everybody now about game time. Game time. Look, you know I love game time because I used them to get my Miami Dolphins tickets recently. I used them to get my Tennessee-Alabama tickets recently. I'm going to use it, I think, to get my son a World Series ticket uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. My son's at Arizona State, 
and um, he's dying to go. He just, I mean, why not let him go? So uh, go to Game Time, download the app, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Code Locked On College for twenty dollars off at Game Time. I'm telling you, you will really, really love this app and how easy it is, and the price. The price is is really what sold me on this. Uh, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off, as I've told you. Uh, you also can use zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's game time. Go to the app. Use promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first order. All right, Jimmy. So predictions for the rest of the year. <clears throat> Let's start with you know, what record we think this team will have. Look, I think it all comes down to LSU for the most part. I mean, Alabama's going to be a prohibitive favorite everywhere else. I think the Auburn game is going to be very, very tough. I think here's the other problem about Auburn when it comes to that is that they're going to be on a bit of a run, I predict, uh, because they have several easy games coming up. Now, Arkansas and Vandy aren't, you know, Auburn should beat both of them, but I don't think it's going to be super easy because Auburn's offense is so anemic. But I think Auburn could come into Alabama on a four-game winning streak, and if that happens, uh, they're not even having any official visitors this weekend. They're they're saving them all for the Iron Bowl. So I think that's going to be a crazy atmosphere again, and you know, how is Jalen Milrow going to react to that? We'll have to see. But if Alabama is able to beat LSU, which will be a crazy environment in its own right, able to go to Kentucky – uh, which will be tough, certainly less than impossible. It'll be a tough win. Uh, then Alabama could come in on, on a nice streak themselves. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say Alabama wins out until they get to the SEC title game, and we're going to stop it short there. Oop, I think I muted you, Jimmy. Oh, oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, okay. You did. That's funny. That time I was muted, but uh, yeah. Luke was a master control there. I muted you because you had background noise. I was trying to do a live read in your room. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know. I had a, a technical a technical issue with my mic. Uh, well, I think Alabama is going to win out uh, to Atlanta, but I'll just say that other than obviously an easy win over Chattanooga, which by the way is a good team this year. Chattanooga is good for an FCS team. Um, I, I think Alabama wins over Chattanooga. I think LSU, Kentucky, which is a trap game extraordinaire, uh, LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn, I think all three will be hard-fought wins. I don't think at any point Alabama is going to look like a team that is going to beat Georgia and Atlanta, but will find a way by one play, by two plays, I just see them all as close, close, narrow wins over LSU and then at Kentucky and at Auburn uh, and, and Alabama sort of, I don't think limps is the right term. I think Alabama sort of, uh, it's kind of like if you have like an old beat up car and you're not sure whether it's going to run or not. And then 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 it does run and then it, and it made it all the way to Atlanta. It's yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel like it's going to be now. Once you get to Atlanta, you know, it's not a prediction. I'm not predicting what happens in Atlanta, but I think my hope for this team is against LSU, find a way. 
Against Kentucky, gut it out. Against Auburn, gut it out. Find a way to beat them because you're better than they are. Find a way and then get to Atlanta and play your best game of the year for 60 minutes. That, that's when Alabama make looks like and plays like a college football playoff team for 60 full minutes uh, against uh, a really good Georgia Bulldog team. And that's frankly what it would take, you know, to beat Georgia is Alabama at its best for 60 minutes. I'm anticipating Brock Bowers being back for that game. Uh, it won't matter. I mean, Georgia's going to be really good with or without him. But uh, that's not a prediction. That's a hope. The prediction that I'm making is Alabama does beat LSU, Kentucky, and Auburn, but but they're all tight. And, uh, you know, no official predictions yet. We'll officially predict LSU, you know, a week from now. Uh, but I'm leaning towards picking Alabama to win in a close, relatively high-scoring game. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And, yeah, predictions for the game specifically will be next week for that. Um, I'm going to predict that Jalen Milrow begins to get more love nationally. Right now he's not getting a lot, and I understand that. But I think if he's able to pull this off against LSU, and here's the thing, you you can say, well, Luke, maybe Alabama will win despite Jalen Milrow. But if Alabama wins, he's going to get a lot of the credit. It's kind of rare that uh, somebody else gets the credit, not the quarterback. And um, I know right. Derrick Henry did over LSU and Leonard Fournette, but that was a very unique situation between two uh, generational running backs. And um, I think this is going to be more about the two quarterbacks, especially considering how good LSU's uh, Jaden Daniels has played. I feel like this is what that's going to be about. So I feel like yeah. Jalen Milrow could get a lot more love. I like this Heisman storyline. Again, this isn't a prediction. It's a hope, but this is realistic, I think, that Jaden Daniels comes in as a Heisman favorite. Alabama beats LSU, and and, and Jaden Daniels doesn't have a great game, uh, or else LSU probably win. But Jaden doesn't have a great game, and Alabama sort of knocks Daniels off the Heisman catbird seat and at the same time launches a Milrow-Heisman campaign, but not for this year. Jalen Milrow's nowhere near, not within a a, a galaxy of winning a Heisman Trophy 2023, but if he plays really well, makes some highlight big plays, and Alabama beats LSU, then you can go ahead and write this down. I think next season, 2024, when the season starts, and you see things like, these are the top five. These are the top 10 Heisman candidates. Milrow will be on it. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about, let's take a look around the whole college football world for this weekend. Right after I tell everybody about prize picks, you know how much I love prize picks. This is so much fun. Uh, you need to go check them out. And if my little banner thing will ever come up, that'd be wonderful. There it is right there, prizepicks.com slash college. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We, they are easily the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. PrizePix is really simple to play. I can make picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks number one in daily fantasy sports. This week on prize picks, I'm probably, you know, going to take the over-under on Tua 
because uh, he had, didn't have a great game last week. I'm going to take the over on two of passing yards this week. That's what I'm looking forward to taking. Um, it's a lot of fun. Go to prospects.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 smacks. Repeat, I'm telling you, I can do it again. Go to prospects.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prospects.com slash locked on college. All right, looking around uh, the SEC, I mean, really, the, the, there are two main games, uh, and, and Georgia-Florida certainly takes the cake. I've got a feeling that may very well be gas, that Florida is going to give Georgia a run. I, I'm stopping short of predicting an upset. I will say I think Florida covers. Mertz is playing really well. I mean, Mertz is not the same – Player he was in September. I guess it took him a while to get comfortable. Uh, but you know, I, I think we sort of underrated Mertz. You know, really showing up at Florida. I mean, he he wasn't Thorn. I mean, in, in this Mertz Mertz had some star performances at Wisconsin, and they mm-hmm. were really excited about him as a young player, especially. Uh, but anyway, Mertz is playing well. I, it won't surprise me at all, Luke, if if Florida really pushes Georgia in this game. I expect Georgia to win though. Yeah, I'm expecting Georgia to win for sure. But, uh, I mean, I feel like this can be closer than you think. Tennessee, Kentucky is going to be so interesting. I want to know what Tennessee's mindset is because they've spent all week complaining about the officiating in the Bama game. Now they spent the rest of the week complaining that somehow Michigan's Spygate scandal led to South Carolina beating the bejesus out of Tennessee last year because there's so many tie-ins between South Carolina's coaching staff and Michigan, and there were some other weird things. Look, there are a lot of weird coincidences about that. There's no doubt. Um, at the same time, I, I, I don't know if that explains the, the thorough beatdown. But regardless, I feel like Kentucky's got a good shot in this one. Uh, I, I fully agree that they do. Uh, I hate making that game all about us, but this is locked on Bama, <laughs> so let's go ahead and make it all about us. Uh, I, I feel this 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 way. I think Tennessee is a better team than Kentucky, and I think this season through eight games, Tennessee has proven that they're a better team than Kentucky. But are they going to go to Kentucky with the Alabama loss behind them, or are they going to go to Kentucky and lose to Alabama twice? Because that, that's the way I feel about it. Like if, if they don't put this back together and beat Kentucky, it's because they're still upset, mad, or sad about what happened in Tuscaloosa. Uh, a focused Tennessee team beats Kentucky. An unfocused one that's still worried about what happened in Tuscaloosa or, God forbid, what happened in Columbia, South Carolina a year ago. That team's going to get their butt beat by a physical, solid Kentucky team. And Devin Leary, who's had the most bizarre season of any quarterback in this league, I just – I don't know I, – I, I feel like Devin Leary is going to have what they call a get right game. Let's just hope it's not against Alabama. I mean, Leary is way better than what he's shown at Kentucky. I I don't know what's wrong up there. Uh, And then nationally, there's not a ton. I mean, Ohio State is at Wisconsin, but that doesn't feel like it. Is Mordecai out? I think Mordecai's out. I think Mordecai's not even playing. It feels like it should be an interesting game, but I don't think it will be. so I'm just going to go to Oregon, Utah, because I think that's the next one that is really worth it. Now. Yeah. And um, so good. I, I think that's going to be a – I don't even know who I'm pulling for. 
I, I'm probably not pulling for Bo Nix. I normally do pull for guys that lead the state and go, but I mean, he did play for Auburn. He obviously hates Alabama. So it's very difficult for me to pull for Bo Nix, but I am pulling for him in the sense that I'm tied in with AHSA. So, I mean, I want him to do well. It's just a tough call for me. I like the style that Utah plays. I agree. Urban Meyer said something that I think is ridiculous, but at the same time, I'm sort of on, on the on, I'm, I'm nearly on the same page. He said something like that Whittingham's the best coach in college football and some Alabama fans yeah. took the exception to it. But but Whittingham is really good. Really he, good. He's easily, in my mind, the most underrated coach in America. Uh, I love how Utah's physical. I like that Utah's at home. I just think Oregon's going to have too much firepower here. And as far as Bo Nix goes, one thing I would look at, Luke, is if Alabama knocks Jaden Daniels out of the catbird seat and Oregon beats Utah this week behind a good game from Bo Nix, maybe Bo Nix is in that catbird seat. Wouldn't that be something? An Alabama uh, performance against Jaden Daniels puts Bo Nix, you know, uh, in, in the number one spot. Yeah, that'd be kind of – I guess I am going to pull for Oregon because – I know Utah can't win this thing. I mean, they just can't. They got a backup quarterback, and Cam Rising's not coming back, and Nick they Farmer. can beat a lot of people. They Farmer. can beat USC. They can beat USC on the moon, but they can beat a lot of people at home. But they can't. They're, they're not going to be able to, to. You know, they couldn't beat Washington again. They are. They, they hadn't beaten them yet, but I mean, they couldn't beat them in the Pac-12 championship or whatever. So, um, I'll pull for Oregon because I think that'd be a more fun matchup. But regardless. Uh, Jimmy, then that's uh, Auburn, Mississippi State. I guess we'll throw that out there because three to two. Those are the two closest games to us. I'm going to say they double it up, six to four. <laughs> I think Auburn wins a tight one. Auburn in a tight one, seventeen fourteen. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I don't see how in the world Mississippi State's going to win this game, but if they do win it, um, I, I think. Ooh. Things could really derail for Auburn quickly, but if Auburn wins it, I, I suspect they'll go on a run, which I think is much more likely. So that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much. Sorry we missed yesterday, but I was on my ninth uh, wedding anniversary, and uh, Jimmy was busy. Congratulations! We, yeah, had a lot of things going on. So it's my my second ninth wedding anniversary. <laughs> well, this is our fifth show this week. So that's pretty good for you. your second ninth one, huh? Yeah, I've had two now. I've had two two different times. I've made it to nine years. So anyway, uh, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back maybe Saturday. We don't know yet. We'll see. But uh, we'll we'll go for it. We'll t- let you know, and we'll put it out on social media and all that. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.